<laughs> the pain. I have the pain. Oh. I think you're too competitive, man. He's up over there. I've been told that. <laughs> no, being too competitive, that's there's no such thing. I, I, I'm not a believer in it. Guys, happy Saturday. <laughs> Hope you guys are having a great day. We appreciate you for tuning in for another edition of the Pure Tennis Podcast. Sponsored and powered by Tennis Point, where you guys can buy all the greatest and latest gear at the best price. Guys, if you're looking for some new tennis products, we've got the St. Patrick's Day sale going on. We've got the new Vapor Pro 2s and 11s available at TennisPoint.com. And we have the new Pro Staff X. The first time they've ever made a 100-square-inch frame of the Pro Staff. I've actually just been on the court testing it probably two or three times the last few weeks. And I've never been a Pro Staff guy. I've, I've really never been a, a Wilson guy. But the shift in the Pro Staff X have me curious. Really? They've made me curious. The gold, the gold Pro Staff. The gold Pro Staff. I'm not a... I mean the black, the all blacked out pro staff is still the best looking pro staff of all time. But a hundred square inch frame with that control field, um, just line much, is just it, it feels dangerous. Is it heavy still? Yeah, it's still it's a still a heavier stick for sure. But I just felt like I'm actually a fan of the head prestige. I just hit that the other day as well. You love the prestige. I do. I really do. Hey, when did no, that just happen? just okay. No, on the backhand, I love it on my backhand. Okay. Because you can topple the ball so easily with that extra weight in the head, it feels like at least the head prestige. Yeah, it just yeah. I was grooving the back end. He used to dog me all I the know time I did. for talking about head prestige. I know, but I hit the I hit that latest version, whatever it came out a couple like a year or two ago, and I was, I, we, so we just we just came back from Hilton Head, and we were sponsored. We had that PTR Spring Fest where we were sponsored by Head to get out there. Yeah, and we had all the head rackets out there that we could have, and I was hitting. I every, saw you with the radical. I, I hit the radical against the wall a few times. I was hitting that for like thirty minutes, but then I hit the prestige with uh, AP and uh, Bartek, and I was loving my backhand. The forehand is fine. I was hitting, the, especially if you're hitting a flatter ball. Mm. The prestige is great, but I'm, I did a. I guess I did a one eighty on it. Like this, I didn't hit serves with it, so I, I, I can't speak on that. But just ground strokes, just drop feeding. I felt. It felt clean. The extra, the backhand is where I really like, because like my, my pure arrow is just very light. It's a light stick, ten point six ounces, um, unstrung, so like eleven two strung, super light stick. And when when I face a, a heavier ball, like it's just my racket is able. To, it feels like it's getting beat up on the backhand. So now, because my swing speed isn't as as, as fast. It doesn't as my have form. the plow. Hundred percent, you're right. Yeah. So that's where, that's where I'm thinking you're getting old. I, don't, you, don't say, come on, man. You, don't do that I'm to just me. saying. Come on. Now you're going you know to really, lower your tension uh, down to like no. 45. If I ever, if I make it to 30 years it old. It just sounds like what I would oh, say. It sounds like what I would say. This hurts me right here. I shouldn't have brought this up. I, I'm not going to be able to sleep at night, man. This is this is the stuff that keeps me up. I want you to switch to that heavy racket and then just get No, I will lower. never I will never be a thin, a thin frame heavy racket guy, but I'm just saying... When you test a lot of rackets, Nate is going to switch rackets this year. I'm going to switch rackets, but I will never, I will never go to a heavier thin frame like a thin frame. There's no way. But I will say that the head spot. We just had all the head rackets out there, and I think they have a number of good sticks. The head extreme, I like. You it. like that one. The radical, I like Love it. That one. Yep. The one. I don't like the, the 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 gravity doesn't do anything for me. I like the gravity. It's I fine. tried it. I tried it. I like that one. Yeah, the no, it's, it's a lot of people do. I'm just personal preference. Uh, the speed, I thought that's it's a it's a little bit stiff for me, but I like it. It's yeah. it's solid. Um, 
And then this, yeah, they, it's like they have seven rackets. The instinct is they're yeah, all decent, they're all solid. Yeah, they, and the boom, they've got, they've got a tour presence with almost every model. I like the boom too. I tried that one. That one's a little more like almost like my like uh, it's got a lot more pop. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it's free. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's their version the of the pure drive kind of. Um, yeah. maybe a little bit more. Mm, I don't know if I can say that actually. I don't know if it is more control. But no. guys, we so we <laughs> just got back from Indian Wells and Hilton Head last two weeks, so we've been absent. We've got a ton to snow catch up cap, on. The snow-capped mountains in the distance and the wind blowing. Hey, first time that snow touched the valley. A little rain, too. Weird. Yeah. Weird. First time that the snow, I think, touched the valley, they said, in like three or four years. You it could see it everywhere. Which was wild, because like when you land in California, you don't think of snow, especially in the desert. Exactly. I mean, I watched Indian Wells. I've never seen snow on the top of the mountains nah. back there. That place is, like you said, tennis paradise. Tennis I mean, paradise. I, it is. It's just incredible. It's like that place is a sanctuary. As soon as you get off the plane, you go to pick up your bag at, at the uh, on the, the roundabout, and it's either golf clubs or tennis bag every other bag and i mean it's just they have highlights of last year's indian wells at the terminals and stuff it's just like you feel like you're entering a tennis sanctuary and that's just like for people like you and i all the other tennis fans out there it is a bucket list type of destination and we had a hell of a time yeah, so we were looking at houses to rent next year yeah so count me hey count me in we I have know. I got you at Airbnb that we found this past year. It was not a bad place to hang out for a week. That seemed like pool looked nice. The frigid, but, frigid, but nice. Really, I wasn't gonna pay a hundred dollars extra per day to hop in that it. pool. You didn't want to. Yeah, heat I'm it. like, come on, like, just you're already charging us out the yang for this place. Just <laughs> come on, just give us the freaking hot water on. But uh, guys, we filmed a few commercials out there that you guys will be seeing on Tennis Channel. Um, we sh- we filmed with Babolats athletes, Dominic Team, 2020 U.S. Open champion. And Layla Fernandez, 2021 finalist at the U.S. Open, as well as the 18-year-old uh, young prodigy from China, Jerry Shang, who won a match at the Australian Open, the first Chinese male since in the Open era uh, to ever do so. So pretty cool trio there. We also filmed an ASIC spot with Alicia Parks, uh, rising American star. Uh, she's now inside the top 60, I believe, after winning her title at Lyon. Just a f- it was just fun to get to know these different players that, like, and they all have different personalities. I think when you go on a, a, a commercial shoot, different people from different parts of the world, and you just have to find a way to connect with these guys to loosen them up and to get them feeling comfortable with your script and what concepts you're trying to do. And for me, being a like the solo director of that from the first time of, of uh, my career was like pretty eye-opening and a, definitely a way for us to learn on the fly. It's, I mean, you have, you're on these tight schedules. Dominic team, you got 10 to 15 minutes at most with these guys to get a commercial done. And it's just like you got to make it happen and things have to work. And I was pretty proud of our team and what we were able to accomplish. So successful week uh, at Indian Wells. I mean, what's the what's – you got to watch matches? Yeah, I got to watch a little bit of matches. I was – obviously the first few days we were focused on uh, get, getting commercials done and then a couple of uh, tennis events. Tennis, it's called Desert Smash run by Wilson. Uh, they do a bunch of celebrity and like tennis um, like fundraising for charity and stuff, which was cool. Uh, and then I got to watch a lot of practice court action. I mean, you know me, when I go to those events this year, even though we had, I was my first time being credentialed at uh, BMP Paribas, it was just like, you still, like, qualifiers are great, but it's like, I want to watch the top players play the top players on the practice courts just to see, like, I I don't know. I, I'm, I'm addicted to it. And, like, I didn't even, I might have spent, in the week in the week I was there, I might have spent two hours tops total watching actual tennis matches. Is that is that surprising to you? No, 
like seems like what you did <laughs> Cincinnati <too. laughs> That's like right. unless it's one of my guys that like I have a relationship with or that like we're gonna feature on some content like you're gonna find me everywhere but the match course see I'm still a sucker I just go for like the big prize fight I'm just going I like I just I had something about that no and I was there obviously I was there the first week so it wasn't like there was a ton of uh, I love the head- practice matches I love getting up close I think that's awesome you have you just go and start talking to them though right no that's kind of I just like to talk and see if I, see who I can meet or talk to or shake hands with or bump elbows with and it's like um, got to watch Hubie Hercotch and Gael Monfils practice Gael is a guy that I've respected and looked up to since I was young and a guy that's always made tennis fun for me and probably one of the reasons that I've wanted to keep tennis in my life as long as I could um and Gael back and healthy was just special to watch is you just got those legends that I grew up watching you're like you just never know when your last time watching them is going to be and Hubie Hurkacz and him putting out an absolute show for the crowd got a bunch of cool videos there and um yeah I mean I actually got to interview Hubie Hurkacz's coach you guys actually you actually have that on the task cam. Didn't yeah, you? let's go ahead and splice it in there. Task cam worked beautifully. We were actually watching the practice courts up on top of the uh, balcony, so pretty cool setting. Yeah. Craig's awesome, super honest, straightforward, and just uh, a guy that I've respected now for since since I've known him for a few years. So here's Nate talking to Craig Boynton. How was the? Uh, so we're out here today, Indian Wells, warming up. We got Gail Monfils and Hubie Hercotch putting on a practice. I mean, how? What was the atmosphere of that one? Uh, uh, lots of interesting shots were hit. Very creative, two very creative uh, players, uh, but a lot of fun. It was great to see Gail back out battling. He's been uh, off tour with injury, and uh, but it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was good practice. There were two super serious guys on the practice courts. There was no messing around. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't say that. I think pretty relaxed. A lot of laughs. Uh, but but you know it's a balance. You want to get work done. You don't want to be too serious. You don't want to be you, you know you don't want to uh, you want to stay on the mountain if you will. Uh, but it was a good balance. No, it was good. I remember. No, the level was actually when they locked in. The level was very high. I mean, Gail showed off his shot making. Hubie's hands are amazing. His serve has been dynamite, which makes him one of the most dangerous players in the world. Right. Um, I was at your practice last year with Pablo Carnabusta. Um, just having you kind of lock QB in at practice. I remember you just, that's a constant uh, balance as you put it, like trying trying to balance the seriousness of locking in for strategy and game planning and having fun with this whole thing. Yeah, it sure is. And it also depends upon when in the week you're doing it. This was Hubie's first practice. He doesn't play till Saturday. So he is, we have multiple days. You don't need to be too good too soon. Yeah. As long, and, and this was his first practice after having a couple days off. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to accomplish was just really basic and trying to feel the court, feel the conditions feel the balls I mean it might sound silly but every week they seem to have you, yeah. you play with different balls that have a you have a different response or a different feel off the racket um, and so you're just trying to get f- familiar with what you're going to uh, encounter for the, for this tournament and so Hubie's coming off a title where Oran where he was excellent I mean all week long and he's playing very good tennis he's found his weapons it seems like from an outside perspective he's been more uh, accepting being aggressive on the forehand wing where his backhand's always been stellar he's got one mm-hmm. of the best backhands on the tour Best serve, one of the best serves on the tour, but obviously his hands are phenomenal. And I think the forehand wing was where uh, the improvement has, has been seen is just being more aggressive. For those of you listening out there, the most important word in that sentence, and it's what you can not only use for tennis but for life, is accepting. You've got to accept. And when you accept, then you can commit. But if you don't have acceptance, it's hard to have commitment. 
And so you just you just basically encapsulated in one sentence what we've been working on for the year. And and listen, you know, of course his backhand is his backhand and his forehand is maybe a little bit more uh, erratic, but you just have to accept that who you are as a player and as a person and accept that and then w- with acceptance you're able then to be focused on the next point. Mm-hmm. And Hubie's doing a great job with that this year. No, it seems like his weight is staying on the ball a lot cleaner. He seems like he's coming through the ball with his weight and not kind of hanging off the ball a little bit and like where he was kind of um, timid and right. as far as not pushing body weight to the ball and right. now he's leaning in full go so No, it's great. Yeah, I mean it's the, the goal is not to be perfect because perfection I don't think exists. But if you can commit to do that more times than you did last week, then what we're looking for is um, improvement. And, and, and we're, he's evolving. And you're always evo- uh, want to evolve, obviously, towards the good. And it, it starts with acceptance. So you've coached a lot of greats. I mean, Jim Courier, Marty Fish, John Isner. How does the process for improving Hubie's um, game differ from where you've kind of been in the past with players? Well, every player has different strengths. And so what I've learned is that you want to spend most of your time on the strengths Mm -hmm. uh, because that's what not only going to pay for the house, but it'll pay for how many houses and how big the house is and (laughs) so on and so forth and what uh, zip code, Uh, but also work on the liabilities. So what I do is I look at a player that I'm working with and what would I do or what would I say if I'm coaching against him? Now I know what he does well, mm-hmm. and so then you work on like uh, patching up those holes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and with some players, it comes uh, very quickly. Like I had probably two of the best uh, practice weeks of my life with John Isner uh, when I started with him. I had the luxury of knowing him for a year and a half, watching him play. And we just got to work on managing his game and putting him in good positions and working on the positions that I would put him in is if I was coaching against him. So that's kind of how I go about my process. Now, just talking about the gear real quick. I mean, you've been a part of the Slinko family. And whenever they flashed, they panned you in the, in the box, you always got the rep in the trucker hat. Classic look at the legendary beard out here. <laughs> um, what, talk about what it means to you to be a part of the Slinko family. You know, Actually, I've known uh, KT and the family for, I think it was 2010, 2009, 2010, where we started having a conversation, and it's like a family. Um, I I believe in Selinko so much that whenever I'm working with a player, we do, we do blind tests. And as a coach, my primary responsibility is the players and the players' performance. So whatever they play best with... I'm all for. If it's fishing wire, I don't care. <laughs> but in every single instance, when we did the blind test, my players have picked a Selenko product to put in their racket. And that just that is how good Selenko is. Um, best players in the world play with it. So give it a try. No, so I'm a Selenko advocate as well. I mean, I've been on the travel the U.S. circuit and seen all the juniors who have had the opportunity to run into one of these guys. I mean, you guys, we have... I think six Slinko members here right now. They put boots on the ground. I think that's the difference. Is not only their product is a one, but they have the people behind it supporting it, and uh, really pushing their product to these top players in the world. Uh, customer service is just like no other. Yep. So I mean, it's just a, it's just a rock solid A plus plus company from top to bottom. 
It's good to see. You. I think I've, I always like to see that you're repping the Salenko, and I'm like, I, I, I want to look. I want to look like Craig Boyden does in the box out here. Well, so you're not going to get my trucker hat. <laughs> no, I, I requested one. Your, no, no, no. You can request, but like, I've, they got to send the email to me, and I usually say, no, 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 no. Funny story. Funny story. So I get down to Australia, and I'm going to throw Brad Stein under the bus because this player made semis, and it's okay. It's like CB. Um, I, I forgot my hats at home. And I'm like, well, you're not going to get one of mine because they won't fit. Slank goes great. I have, like, an extended dome, and these trucker hats fit me. And so I'm like, Brad, with your small head, you're not going to. So, so he's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. So my style guru, my daughter, who picks out the outfits for me every day, I said to Sid, look, Slinko guy's in trouble. we got to help him out. What hat am I not going to use um, or, or I'm going to wear the least that I can give Brad. And so <laughs> Brad got a tr- one of my trucker hats. His player made semis, Tommy Paul, down in Australia. I don't think I'm going to get that hat back. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get it back. But um, I think he, I got to ask him if he loved the hat. It's a legendary a- story, though. That, that, that hat, I think it was worth it. You know, Don- a solid donation you know, for good no, news. We don't leave a coach behind. No. Yeah, no we don't leave a coach Slinko doesn't leave anybody behind. So last no. question, what is the Hubie Hercutch set up in the V-Core Pro? Uh, he has a gut in the cross, and he has Torbite. Can I say that? In the mains. Torbite in the mains. Can I say that? Yeah. It's just for him, yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, gut in the cross, Torbite in the mains. 10% pre-stretch on both. What's the, what's the tension? Our normal is we go 23 and a half kilos with a 10%. That's our stock, and we, yep. we, we start that at every tournament, and we yep. go up or down accordingly. So is it normal for him to ch- test out the weather conditions and the ball and the core conditions and change? A thousand percent. We, we actually practice at different times of the day to have different weather conditions to see what we need to do with the strength tension. That's super interesting. All right, Craig Boyden, appreciate your time. My pleasure. Anytime. Pre- good luck this week. Thanks, buddy. Have fun. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate it, man. So shout out to Craig Boyden. Appreciated him for coming on and giving us some time. He's just always entertaining. We will take Craig Boyden anytime he's ready for it. Uh, Tommy Paul ended up playing TB Hercotch in Indian Wells. We took it in third in the third set. Uh, just pretty cool that they, those two ended up playing each other. But great week out in Indian Wells. JP, what has been your favorite matches, favorite takeaways? Give me like the like one storyline that you've you've uh, I mean, taken away. I think that the Indian Wells tournament has been just big, big key matchups that you the final four. Kind of want to happen. Not just in the um, or like the later stages, but right. just like the whole tournament, the whole tournament just yeah. getting marquee, marquee play. Like Andy Murray, I think early storyline, just kind of yep. fighting through. He was definitely playing good before, but I don't think he's won a, a match in straight sets all year long. I feel like every match he's won has been yeah. an epic gone the distance. He somehow finds a way to come back and reel it back in. But I think Murray's been one of the storylines of this whole year. Uh, I think for me, did you watch some Sasha's Zverev this past week? I watched Zverev and Medi. Um, I like my Benny loves Zverev. So it's just like whenever he's on, we'll be watching it. Cause I, I didn't get a chance to get really into any of his matches until the Medi yep. match and just watching him. It just felt terrible when he double folded in the end of that third set because you could just see how much it meant to him. And mm-hmm. so I think that's why people love Zverev so much is it's just like he's a real person and like just felt bad for him. I'm glad Medi 
is still undefeated in the last four he, tournaments, but it's just still like you kind of were pulling for Zverev a little bit. I found myself doing the same thing. It's like, what what is it about? He he has like, when Medi went down with the ankle injury, you just showed me the clip. Of, I mean, Sasha was like, I don't he know. He ran like, across the court. He just seems like a, authentic. He seems like a real. Even uh, when Medvedev was like, I don't know if you, the, the, earlier in the first set too, he's just screaming at the chair umpire saying that Indian Wells is a disgrace the, because dude, it was so slow. How funny. <laughs> And he I wanted mean, to get a toilet for 25 minutes. How entertaining is Daniel Medvedev? <laughs> so, I mean, for someone to complain like he's been complaining. But the Zverev is over in the corner just looking at the chair up after Maddie's like standing over in the corner like talking about how slow he's laughing. it was. He's laughing. And he's just laughing, he's laughing. at him. I mean, Zverev is just, I, I don't know how, I'm, I'm always, I'm happy he's back on the tour, happy he's healthy. But Daniel Medvedev, any guy that complains, you, you think that their game is going to follow that complaining and kind of go into like a tail, like a, just Whatever it's like, it's gone. They're done. You, if you lose the mental, you lose your edge. Usually, the game follows it. Right. But, but Medvedev will talk so much shit. It's almost like he's trying. He's being like a, it's his. He's budding a broken English comedian. But it, it, exactly, he's trying to be. But funny. He's, he's telling the truth though, like about the balls it, being. He said always it shouldn't different be called a hard court because it's so slow. It's like it's it's just so entertaining. His his changeovers now. It's like I'm I'm tuned into that. They need to keep these players mic'd up for that reason alone and. Daniel Medvedev so saying he'll think- take a 25-minute pee because that's how slow the courts are. I'm like, this guy. He said he did. You can you can penalize me five times. Five times. I don't care. It. I don't care. Wait, what do you get penalized five times? <laughs> what does that even mean? Medvedev's make- just talking. I love it. He knows all the rules by, so, better, better than anybody. And he's over here just yelling. Yeah, but what would five times of penalty be? I, I, that sounds like <laughs> a match point. He's going to give you five. He's going to give you a match point. A whole game, a game in 15 love. Oh, my God. Medvedev on a terror. <laughs> 18 straight wins for Daniel Medvedev. Yeah. He's won, is it, what, three? No, two consecutive. Three straight tournaments. Three straight tournaments. Rotterdam, Mm -hmm. Dubai, and uh, was it, not Marseille. Uh, Yeah. Marseille. Yeah. Wow, what a memory. Dude. All these weeks running together, but I still pull that out somehow. But then, and he's still in the running right now. He's got one foot. To, well, you don't think that was that bad, but like it was a, it was a nice little he, he clipped a clipped wing. He did clip the clip the ankle a little bit, but his weight didn't fall over his foot, so I think he should be okay. I mean, but the, it did the swelling. The swelling. We'll see how it's never going to be. It's always going to be a little rougher after a day or two. So right. the swelling could have gotten worse. I'm not saying he's 100 percent healthy, but watching it again after not seeing it live, it didn't look. He'll be all right, I think. It's just a little flick. I was more it worried was about flick. him. Yeah, I was more worried about him cutting his finger actually, like on the edge of your thumb where you put a lot of pressure on the racket. That was like how how grippy and like um, I thought like sandpaper like those courts are. But see, I thought that was the courts. All the karma of him saying so much bad stuff about that is him. True. The courts were like, all right, well, we're going to rip we're, your ankle. You're going to you're, you're going to feel us. You're, you're going to feel us out here. So Tiafoe's got to play octopus. Tiafoe. It's a big task. Francis Tiafoe. Is in his first Masters semifinal. After the U.S. Open, he seems to have just entered a new place mentally, where he just has a different level of belief in his game. And it doesn't matter if he gets down an early break in the first set or whatever. He just has this composure. Oh, I mean, and Cam Norrie was kind of stepping on him at the beginning. I just thought that at, like that was one of those complete turnaround matches that I just you look at Cam Norrie just kind of pushing him around, and then mm-hmm. it's like I mean, for the first two games, I don't think. I don't think he got a point. No, I mean Cam's timing is. I think it's hard because he Cam can catch the ball early and redirect so well that like it does take players. I think a second to get used to that scoop that he just digs that backhand. So that's probably what the it shovel. Was. Yeah, the shovel is just yeah, and I think that and then Cam moves exceptionally well. So the, the extended rallies um, are something that you kind of have to like get your mind ready for. And 
Tiafo talked about after the match that like he he's not someone that really wants to um, have those big long trading warfare from the baseline where he wants to put pressure, come in the front court, finish off points with his athleticism, his length, his his touch, and that's what he was able to do. Tiafo was able to attack uh, whenever he was on the offensive. He was able to push forward and keep Cam uh, on the defensive where he's less dangerous. But I thought Tiafo was just, I mean he's he's just playing so under control. Like I've even when he tries like these um exciting kind of trick shots where he does it seems like it's in a moment where if he misses it, it's not like a a, a death uh like kind of a, a death shot where he's gonna like really shoot himself in the foot and cost himself a, a, an opportunity to get broken or uh something like that. So he seems to be just playing I mean I don't I mean it was the first time he'd ever beaten Cam Nori. That's wild. And so but That's now wild. he's he's lost four times what in a row to so Medi. What is his, what is his, what is the head to head against Cam? Is he getting beat now up? Now it's well? one and one. Oh, is it? okay. Yeah, okay, but like, more. but so now Matty, he's what own four and zero. Because he's been he's back. The octopus. I thought is t- back. He is. Tiafo talked about the last thing on Tiafo was that he. I thought it was interesting that a, he went to the celebrity uh, all star game with the NBA, and I thought it was cool that he talked about kind of the influence that LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Giannis had on him, kind of telling him that no, you can go be great and you can do special things and. Uh, I think he said that like that really helped him and just like uh, believing himself even more. You know, he I mean, said, you got to you tennis. Have to. Tennis, you have to believe that you're gonna hit the shot before it, you have to think it's going in. Like I feel, especially with like like a scrambler guy that is all over the place. Like those mm-hmm. are, it's like this continued belief of setting up the point too. Like mm-hmm. not just the, getting the like, guy that's like complete physical specimen out of position. Good yep. luck. It's all about the belief, and he's like at the so, Tiafo's going to have Medvedev in the semifinal. A tough matchup for anybody, but especially just, it's, yeah. I, like, what, if somebody asked me, like, what can Tiafo do to beat Medvedev? I mean, he better be on offense. got to be ready to grind. Yeah, you, you can't, he can't play defense, And you got to be ready to hit 13, 14 backhands in a row because he's going to do it to you because that's yep. his signature. Medvedev right just now. tests the bot. If he Medvedev's, puts Zverev's backhand into a, just like checkpoint. And Zvera's backhand is one of the best in the world. And it's just insane that he just kept grooving to the backhand. Grooving but, it. Just dust. Just, and never going away. From, like, that's the thing. Is he just gets comfortable into that and, thing. Where it's oh, like, he, I'll, hit, he, I'll hit 50 of these. He'll stay with it. That's His discipline is just stupid. He just won't, that's bre- the, he won't break the that's pattern. That's the most intimidating thing about him. He just I agree. stands there. I agree. And just will not change. He will like, not wilter. Just like, let's go. Let's just see who passes out first. But it's been a great last year for American tennis. And I've just... We have Tiafo now. Fritz made a push. Ended up losing to center in a tough one in the third set. Tommy Paul, he's almost there. Big win. He's though. almost there. It's another top ten win, mm-hmm. and he is almost there. He's almost there. It's just like he had six match points against Felix oh. and wasn't able to close the deal. That's really, just feel, I mean, you got to feel for the kid. I mean, that's he, one that's gonna kind of sit there for a while. It, because it, it would have a couple years ago, I would say a hundred percent we could see Tommy kind of spiral out of control a little bit and maybe drop a few matches that kind of and as an after effect, like a little hangover. I don't think that'll be the case this time. Yeah, maybe not. I hope maybe not. Ma- I hope not. Maybe it is, but I think he's just. I think he's in a good place with it. You know, he's had results. He got to the final uh, in. Um, where was it when he lost to Demon R? Yeah, oh, Acapulco. Made, I mean, he's doing wonderful. He's got to the finals there. He, he beat Hercotch. He should have beat. Felix, who's playing about as well as anybody not named Carlos or Medvedev, right? And it's like you're in a great spot. You were you're pushing to be a top fifteen player. It's I think Tommy Paul, if you're if you're in his fan camp, that's 
You gotta love where he's which at. Which I am. Yeah. I think that like that I, I felt like at six three though, it's one of those in the breaker? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just it's just one that it's a hurt. It's yep. a hurt. Yep. Because all you, you could literally just stand on it and just hit bombs and get one ace yep. and you're done. Yeah, he looked tentative on he that. Looks he, so he looked tentative. a little tentative. That backhand that he had he had a pass he had a passing shot look where he just Especially with Tommy's backhand being, he usually strikes the ball so well off that wing. I think that's what's what Indi- Indian up. Wells means so much to these guys because it is like almost like slam. a major. It's a like, slam. So when you see Zvera double fall on yep. game point to Medi start, yep. I mean, then like, I mean that one that one was shattering too because then the next serve, did you see that Medi like hit the oh. ball and he just completely fanned on it? Yep. And it's just like, oh man, his head is gone. Yep. Because I've, I've been there. I feel I've that. I've been there. I do that like every, every week. I told you that the other day. You just, you just got to relax, man. I try. The more pressure you put on yourself, it's just for even for the top guys, it yeah. just it's, it makes it tougher. But I would say, I, what did what Yannick Sinner just did to Fritz, the defending champion? What in the that forehand? Oh my he God. hit four forehands. That's the other thing. Don't watch Yannick Sinner before you actually go play yourself. Like if you're <laughs> like a head heads up point of view. Like if you like if this. you're about to play a match, don't watch Sinner play Fritz. He he makes you, you think you can do that. He, yeah, he makes you believe that every ball can be slapped at ninety five miles an hour. <laughs> I know. S- Cross court all the way past giant human. He had four winners over ninety miles an hour. Right, man. He had two winners over hundred and three miles an hour. Early but, too, like, like just jump the... right into right off the gate. Like I saw him when he's like standing in that little flowery area that says tennis paradise, where you probably <laughs> like had your morning coffee every day, but like. Him and Fritz are sitting there, standing there, and like Fritz is in this like kind of like he's seriously like standing like Yannick Sinner's just jumping around. I'm like, oh dude, I told I I, I was like he's gonna win, he's gonna beat him. The forehand tell. he had on the dead run that was 103 miles an right hour. off the bat in the second game. Stop it, second game. I mean, you have like there's not you're already geared up, your shoulders already that alive. It's yeah, like that's you're true. ready to fire that's bomb, true. and like he, he broke him on the very first game too, yep. and Long, then. Yep. That that first hundred and five mile per was like to save. He had got through three deuces to hit that. We need to figure out the stat. I would love Bomb. to see. I would love to see the stat at least for top ten players. When you, if you get broken in the first game, what percentage of those matches yeah. are you able to win? Getting broken in the first game with a top like that's sending a message. That's just is a big, right out the gates. Big, big you're here to play, and it's because like in your head you're like it's just the first game, whatever. Yeah. I'm just tight, like. Yeah. But it's a break. Yeah. Yannick Sinner is ranked number 13 in the world right now. I expect him to be in the top five, top six. Me too. That was my two, early season call, and like he has not let me down. So he's on the rise. On a guy on the opposite spectrum of that, Casper Ruud. Well, Clay Court Diego Schwartzman and Casper Ruud. Get those guys on the, on the dirt some immediately. Get some milk. Get some milk. I mean, first, Diego and Casper, those are two guys that I'm selling my stock on. Casper is just, I don't, I, I love, the guy seems like a great guy. World number two. World no, right now? No, but say was, he used to be, he was. Say he's dropping, was, was, was he like five or six now? Yeah. Yeah, so he's, he'll be dropping out of the top ten if I had to, if I had to say with sooner than later, and that's going to free up a spot for a guy like Big Foe or a guy like, uh, can Zverev reclaim his spot? So Yeah, it's gonna leave 12 now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the either I think Tiafo or Zverev will find a way to climb inside the top ten, and I think a guy like Casper Ruud is, is going to drop. Another guy is Diego Schwartzman loses in Indian Wells early. It's funny because Schwartzman and Casper Ruud played each other in the second they round, did. and they did. They and did. Ruud just kind of he, yeah got him, and then Casper got torched by uh, Garen. 
Yeah, Chris, Christian Guerin, who hasn't had a big win, it seems like, in years. Uh, but that's – it's just like I never – I was never a believer. When Casper was world number two and made – Neither even though Bartek. he made No. <laughs> even though he made two semi – or he made two finals of the slams, I just never thought he was – I thought it was a kind of a fluky season. And it – without Novak being at these events, um, I just didn't – yeah. And yeah, that's the other thing, too. And when then that, that documentary that they did where they um, – the, or they what showed they Rafa should, and him yeah, and, 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 the, and he's just and the, uh, sending balls out into the crowd and clanking oh them off God. the frame like that was when it was it like got a little bit big for him that's I think. no it's true so those guys were selling on world number twos shouldn't have the world get too big for him in my opinion like if you're a world number two you should go in there it should be a problem for whoever you come across world number two is just as good as world number one world number one God. in my opinion like <laughs> Yeah, it's it's yeah. If you get to two finals, like you shouldn't be that's true. nervous. That's true. That's true. Fair. But he was nervous. How about as far as another guy we're Can't gonna buy, we're gonna buy stock on? <laughs> if anybody ever sold their stock, Stan Wawrinka, at thirty seven years old, I I, I want to invest in some stock. Do you think that he weighs one hundred and eighty pounds though? ATP the the, the website says one eighty. They're treating Stan very well. <laughs> they're treating Stan very well. Now Stan has lost some weight. And does look a lot more fit looks a little bit lighter on the feet the last few weeks than he has before like prior i guess they should get him shirts that aren't for 180 pound dudes though. because they're, they're still doing it's that just, he's, just, we're he's seeing 180 we're seeing way too, too much movement up top he's 199 he, yeah he's a big he's a big guy he's a big barrel chested guy but now he's got a little bit of, yeah there's there, there's some things moving i'm cannons. like yeah he's got cannons bring he does it. But that Holgerun match too. We I didn't mean, even talk about revenge. that. There's so many things to talk about. Get, we, we've we've been, we've missed the booth. God. But Holger, who took him out in an epic third setter, uh, where Stan kind of berated him after the match at the at the handshake. Told hand him to shape, grow up. Told him to grow up. And it was like to me, it was Dude, pretty fair. Like Holger was acting like a little bit of a of a, of a child. And Stan Wawrinka has been around the game. He just, I'm sure. Yeah, he was a little bit salty that he lost the match. I mean, that's sure. what it was. Sure, but like. I think he also realized that, like, in that moment, I think Stan didn't just, like, it, it was reactionary to an extent, but it's like, I think he had a point there. I think, like, he, Hol- did. he realized that Holger's going to be one of the faces of the tour. Everybody knew that last year when, when Holger made this run from 102 in the world to top 10. And Stan knows that, and Stan loves the game and kind of respects the guys that came ahead of, uh, ahead of him. Wanted Holger to kind of feel that. Holger wasn't having it. And then Holger tried to dish it back out after this match at Indian Wells this past week. And that kind of like, but got, silly. It was a silly. It got it though. But that, that's the thing is like that. There's the feather in the cap thing for the young guy to get the like the big scalp. Yep. But then when the when the old guy comes back and takes it back. Yep. We, we got a little rivalry now. Now there's it, a rivalry. It, it's a rivalry now. Good so luck with that too. What, once both sides have a W under their belt, it becomes a rivalry. I'm all here for it. I am too. Stan worse Holger. You know that next match is going to be popcorn. So Holger's gonna try to tag him at the net. Stan's gonna Stan's gonna hit a volley. It's gonna clip the net tape. It's gonna pop up. Holger's gonna have a wide open court. He's gonna go right at Stan, and we got popcorn, extra butter on the way. Extra butter. Let's go. I can't wait for the semifinals. We got two electric matchups: Francis Huge. Francis Tiafoe versus Daniel Medvedev, two of the best hardcore players the past six months. Then we got Yannick Sinner versus Carlos Alcaraz, a rematch of the epic. Quarterfinal at the 2022 U.S. Open, and that went five sets, and arguably the greatest match of last season, just the highest level I think I'd seen last year. Those guys are both playing ridiculous tennis right now, and they're embracing this rivalry that they have is 
uh, friends as there are friends off the court. It's just like they're two mature guys that are going to be the face of tennis for a while. And it's like for the next 12 to 15 years, we're going to look forward to this matchup. And we have another outing of it. Who are you taking in tomorrow's say, semifinal? Who, who are you going to go with? I, I, I know who I'm picking. You give, me your, you give me the prediction on center Alcaraz. Who you got? Center Alcaraz? Nope. Yeah. Um, Can center redeem himself? I'm thinking that... God, Alcaraz is playing so good right now. I'm going to go with... I guess Alcaraz is healthy. He did pull out that last time. I guess that was more of a fatigue thing. He looks healthy. He it's looks like fit. upper hamstring. Yeah. yeah. But like the hamstring looks moving exceptionally well. I'm gonna go with centered only Ooh. because the uh, the ball striking is is lit right now. And then on the on the lower bracket, I'm gonna have to go with Medi. I'm gonna go. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, that's fair. I just so you got Medi versus center. Yeah, and then I have. Give me Car- give me Carlos, Carlos versus Medi. I mean, I'm rooting Carlos for Tiafo, but I just. There's just that's just a terrible. I want Tiafa to win, but I just there's just no I, way, there's right? The octopus. There. I bet you met. I, I haven't looked. Takes up the entire court, and when he's back, like there's just you don't can't hit through him. You can't get around him. Where do you go? Nobody can do. Djokovic can't beat him when he plays like this. Djokovic should have beat him the last time they had. He he's a, ah, he's just everywhere. Tough. He is. So you got what's what's the score? Are, are, is either of them going the distance? Are they going to um? Medi might straight set Tiafa, huh? I think that one could go straight, but I think that. Sinner and Alcaraz could go three. So right now, opening lines. And then Sinner and Medi, I think, will go three. I think it. I think so. Daniel Medvedev is minus four thirty, money line. Carlos Alcaraz is minus one ninety. That's crazy. So Medvedev is a heavy favorite. So I'm pulling the. I'm pulling one up the card, and I'm cutting, taking one favorite. Where are you, where are you going? You're Tiafo's going. Tiafo's a dangerous underdog. I think that's a like he's a, like obviously he was going to be an underdog going into this meeting, but I think as a heavy underdog. He's going to have no pressure. He's playing loose as can be. He's going to have the crowd behind him. I think Tiafo will take him to a third set. Does Tiafo have enough in the tank to continue to uh, kind of throw the kitchen sink at Medi? Not sure. Center, I think Center definitely takes this one to a third set with Carlos. I think Carlos ends up taking it. He just seems to have the mental edge, seems to have the shot making and just that extra gear to push to that we saw him do it. He's definitely got the extra gear, and he's playing the top of the level. I just think that after watching him, watching Sinner on the Fritz match, Sinner was scraping, striking balls that like, yep. it's just it's every bit of Alcaraz's power. I mean, and like I think that like this one of those matches, Sinner has to win one, and he wanted to beat Alcaraz. So, he just got like killed in the end. And like this is one he's probably had circled for, and he's just for wait, sure. waiting true, for it. True. No, Sinner is definitely and they're playing. two and two, right? Then we look it up. Or was yeah, that someone else? No, they're two and two. Yeah, that's Sinner's right. playing well enough to win this match. My only thing with this match is why I'm taking Carlos is because I think if if they're both playing their best game, Carlos wins. If Sinner's playing his best game, the what I like about Carlos is he has a couple layers to his game where even if he's not striking the ball super clean and big off the baseline, he can scrap it up. He can he can hit the the drop shots and hit the, the slice shot. shots and get to the net and serve and volley and take returns early and start. He can mix it up in ways that I don't think Sinner is capable of. So that's why I'm taking him. But it's going to be an electric semifinal Saturday. I can't wait. The women's semifinal just concluded. We got Sabalenka who ripped through. Just beat her up. Beat up Sakari uh, two and three, Surf I believe. plus one. And then the uh, Indian Wells, although I think that it is tennis paradise. But Medi said <laughs> that it was a disgrace to the sport. They couldn't get the they couldn't get the thing to work. Like none of the like the sound system worked. There's a 20 minute delay. 
It's a, I mean, you know it's why? They got so many damn old people in that place. They, they can't figure out technology. That's what I said. It's like Dude. unplug it, plug it back in, <laughs> blow on it, <laughs> blow on Dude, it. Dude, I was the youngest person out there by fifty something years. <laughs> I swear. I mean, every restaurant we went to, I'm like, is there anybody that like? They, but if there's a lot of blue hairs in there, that you know, it's good. It is. Yeah, that's true. Because they, 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 but they, they, but they eat. They, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Uh, but sure. I didn't get to go to Nobu, which I'm sure would have been nice, but every other place it's like, yeah, people were looking at us like, what are they doing here? They're not look at they're the not retired people. That person's young. Yeah, they're they're not even wow. But it was funny. Look at them use that that phone device. What is it? <laughs> look at what is is that what is that flying aircraft? Oh, it's a drone. What is it? It's a drone. drone. <laughs> no. And then uh the, coffee and, like and, it's going out of style. <laughs> In the other semifinal, Iga Svantec falls to the Wimbledon champ. Beat up. Two and two to Elena Rabakina. Rabakina just blitzed her off the court. Ever since I commented on Iga Svantec's post about her being the Michael Jordan of the women's tennis, things have not gone too smoothly for, for Iga. Well, she looked good against Cristea, that sir, uh, yeah. uh, Romanian girl. Yeah. I mean, and that, yeah. and that girl's playing at a high 100%. level. Just beat her up. I think she kind of left it out. Not sure that's the barometer that I would... I know, but I'm yeah. just saying, like that was a match right, That's true. right before tonight. Tonight she looked like she couldn't hold a tennis racket. It, uh, two and two. That's that's a tune job. It that's was crazy. a tune job. But uh, no, it's tennis though, and it's like women's tennis, especially. You get these lopsided sets, but for Iga, it's been like something that she's not been able, like no one's been able to punch out Iga like that. And it, yeah, Rabakina kind of has her number, and um, so Sabalenka, Rabakina in a final. It's gonna be a big, heavy hitting final between those two just blanket two of the biggest hitters on the tour maybe arguably the two biggest hitters on the tour i'll take uh my prediction on that i'm riding sabalenka who's, i'm going blanket too she's won 17 of her last 18 matches she's world number two about to be know. world number one yeah well she's got she got some catch up she's to got 2.2 million dollars in the bank this year already it's a good purse right there <laughs> all right jp i think that's I got, good i got all my takes out for yeah, this no. episode I'm what? glad you're back. We it's gotta, good to be back. We got to sell gear, though, probably. Wait, didn't we do that in the beginning? I think we talked about Solenka, but that we, was only... We talked about the uh, pro staff and the St. Patrick's Day. Oh, that we, did. Yes, we did. Yeah, 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 get the St. Patrick's Day. We love shouting out our, our tennis point uh, plug. But, guys, fun podcast here. Great to be back. Hope you guys enjoyed the Craig Boyton interview. And we will be tuning in with Miami action soon. Yeah, Nate's going to Miami. Let's have some fun.